0: And where the future can be known, if you know exactly where to look. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And we've got Larry on his phone, I think, down there in the south. Hi, Larry. How are you doing? Hey, Stuart. Going to start out with, uh, once again, scriptures you probably never heard about in church. (laughs) and We've had people call us had been going to church for 30, 40 years and said, oh, we never heard that one. Anyway, it's Matthew 13 through 14. This is King James. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. This is kind of an interesting saying that the Lord said, because also remember he said, don't call me Lord, Lord, or actually how he worded it, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Well, here's one of the things he told us to do. Anyway, uh, the word straight is a very interesting word, because it means very narrow from obstacles standing close about. In other words, you can just barely get through these obstacles. I believe if you want to find out what the obstacles are, you go look in the parable of the sower. It gives you a whole list of obstacles that a person faces if they are going to enter in. So anyway, then the next uh, word, important anyway, is narrow. Narrow is the way. And uh, it means to crowd, literally or figuratively, to afflict, narrow, suffer tribulation, suffer trouble. And, of course, that's why Jesus said only a few do it. It's not that they can't do it. Actually, in John uh, chapter 1, he tells you that the Lord actually gives you the power to do that. So it's kind of interesting. How all that works, and uh, uh, anyway, where do you want to start, Larry? You were talking about the um, uh, Sala book and the UFO stuff. Want to get into that a little bit, maybe? Take some time on it. Yeah, it's it's really really interesting, and and I want to read just a little bit out of it, <clears throat> and uh, then I want to get you know whatever you need to do, and then we'll go into a few Torah codes and how they dovetail into the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Barry Rothman has run a number of codes on Dr. Michael Sala's information in the secret space programs, et cetera, the series, and he says the uh, code seems to verify. And I sent you earlier, a uh, well, one of the craft on the face of this book, uh, yeah. Really interesting, and and also I sent you some plans on the Tr Three Bs for people that don't believe it. You know that those actually exist, which they actually do. I've seen one myself <laughs> up close. Went right over my head. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I was going to read though is is something people probably never heard of before, and it it comes from somebody from Michael Sala through somebody that uh, you quote. Well, off and on, Uh, Dr. Peter Bader, you know I'm talking about. Oh, yes. And so anyway, let me, this is about two or three paragraphs here of really interesting data. Uh, And this is on page 176, and it says uh, in, in his 1977 newsletter, Dr. Peter Bader wrote about the information he had received from his sources about a U.S. moon base I was first alerted to the existence of a secret base on the moon last November 1976, but it has been one of the best-kept of all the Rockefeller secrets, and it was only a few weeks ago that I was able to confirm its existence and learn the complete story since that time the events have moved with lightning speed. It says better went on. Uh, to give details about the deadly race to develop particle beam weapons as it played out in 1977. And, and Stuart, as I'm reading here, we're talking about stuff that you and I have been talking about for a few years now that yep. most people say don't even exist. It's And so anyway, going on reading from his book some more, the data from Dr. Peter Better, he says, throughout this year, an unseen but deadly race has been underway to see who would get an operational particle beam weapon first, the Rockefellers at their secret moon base or the Soviet Union in Earth orbit. By late spring, a Soyuz manned spacecraft was launched that carried out preliminary tests of beam weapon techniques using lasers in order to simulate the particle beam. It says, Dr. Peter Better next gave details about the race between the USSR and the U.S. Now, we're talking about the moon, Stuart, and this is me interjecting right here. We're Mm -hmm. talking about the moon and what was going on on the moon during the time. Remember all the Apollo missions that everybody said never occurred? And and I actually found a lot of evidence, including, uh, you know, uh, Project Red Sky, you know. And, anyway, you know, and oddly enough, we know that there was, uh, you know, craft that were crashed on the moon, and, well, I won't go into all that now, but, but, you know, we know they've been there, both of us, the U.S. and the Soviets. But, uh, anyway, he says, uh, "...the USSR and the U.S. to develop particle beam weapons for deployment in space and on the moon. The Soviets succeeded in developing the first operational particle beam weapons in Earth orbit." and destroyed the newly built U.S. moon base. Now, I'm going to read you what Dr. Peter Better says happened uh, from highly credible sources, and you're probably not even supposed to know this, but listen to this. He said, by the 26th of September, and we're talking about uh, 1977, mm-hmm. by the 26th of September, American personnel at the secret Rockefeller moon base nestled in copernicus crater were almost ready their particle beam was almost operational but they were too late by late that day the soviet union began bombarding the moon base with a neutron particle beam through the night and all day on september the 27th the moon base was bombarded without mercy with neutron radiation just like that produced by a neutron bomb. And by that evening, as Americans looked up at the peaceful, full moon overhead, known as the Harvest Moon, the last few Americans on the moon were dying of neutron radiation. America had lost the battle of the Harvest Moon. And and I suppose, Stuart, that's where uh, most people think, for some odd reason, we never went back. What do you think? I don't know, but I, I I remember knowing about that for years, and it was, yes, it was. It was called the War of the Harvest Moon, and it was soon after that that there was a treaty between the United States and the Soviet Union to merge the two together very slowly. They knew that if they attempted to do it uh, rapidly, that there would be a huge outcry from the American people, because remember, that was back in the 70s. And so soon after that, and that's what Dr. Peter Bader got into as well. I don't know if it's in that particular thing, but uh, where we surrendered basically, and the merger has uh, between America and the Soviet or the Communists has been slowly uh, being accomplished, and uh, basically uh, by now with Biden is now virtually complete. A lot of people don't realize, I don't believe, that the Soviets back then had very highly advanced technology, and there were all kinds of uh, little incidents that occurred. And uh, I remember reporting on that years and years ago on on Global Report. And as usual, like you just said, nobody believes it. That couldn't possibly be true. It's all made up. Yeah, go ahead with that. That's interesting. (laughs) yeah it really is and and by the way i remember one of your i can't remember which one it was but one of your publications one of your magazines you had a very strange looking uh i believe it was an image of i believe uh series i think it was serious with an object parked in in the crate one of the craters yes yes yep remember yep. that and, yep. and anyway listen to what on page 193 he's talking here he said and and one thing that I'm skipped over a lot is, is he really dove, does dovetail a mass of UFO activity and a lot of control around the world, false flags and all other kind of things that have been going on by a secret group of individuals in Antarctica. And remember, remember that's somewhere you say, nobody seems to be able to go except the right people. And uh, in Antarctica, of course, his claim is that Antarctica is a dual location. Not only are Germans there from World War II, and it's real, it is really real, and they did have Hanaboos and and all of this kind of stuff, but also sharing those regions of Antarctica underground are the Nordics. And and the reason I say that is I tie the Nordics to that uh, Charles Hall, Charlie Hall, the weatherman, the U.S. Air Force weatherman, that had to had to actually integrate and deal with them uh, out there in Nevada, in the Four Corners region, where they would yep. fly in, where they had underground bases there, too. So anyway, with that being said, let me read you this very, very interesting thing here. It said uh, he's talking about uh, a galactic slave trade. He's talking about... Um, it says, uh, practices of, uh, that, of abducting people, and, which include genetic experiments so conducted with captive humans, false flag operations off-world bases, using forced labor to build advanced technologies yep. uh, for trade. Most controversial at all is a galactic slave trade. <laughs> he brings up that the slave trade is not global. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. The, the the slave trade with the cartels and the, the uh, well, the, you know, the, the funny island out there, you know, where everybody seemed to go. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just a small speck of how, how big this monster is. But anyway, uh, he said, in addition, listen to this, sir. in addition, secret agreements have been reached with a breakaway German-led space program that was first established in Antarctica but later established bases on Mars, Ceres, yep. and, and that just reminded me so much of that image you had in your magazine, yep. and elsewhere in our solar system and even conducts missions far outside of our solar system. And he said that the, uh, a lot of the, the ones that are operating out of Antarctica, uh, he calls them SSPs, and he also says that uh, that th- th- this is a German, what they call, they use the name Dark Fleet. That's the name of their space fleet they've got out there. They actually have a space mm-hmm. fleet. You oh, know, we're yes. not the only ones that have, 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 have a space fleet that people don't think exists. But anyway, <laughs> it's called Dark Fleet, and they use a lot of intelligence uh, talking about uh, dark this and dark that. And, and with that being said... I wanna dovetail real quick over here to uh Barry Rothman, some of his codes. And you, you know, I sent you a uh a very anomalous uh UF picture of a UFO in a dark sky yes, you know, I yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I've never released that one. I matter of fact I sent it to a few individuals yesterday. I thought it i it best I'd go ahead and get it out. And oddly enough I sent it to someone not in America that used to live in Hawaii, and uh, the individual said, I've watched those exact UFOs come out of the volcano in Hawaii, you know, the one that Kilauea, I think they call it, and said, mm-hmm. I've watched it go in and out. It doesn't even bother him said, I saw three of them come out one day. Well, Stuart, what's interesting is the fact that... Uh, If you remember some of the Navy photos of very odd-looking craft, and some of them call them the Tic Tac, remember? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you you look at my image, it looks almost exactly like a Tic Tac image in those radars of those fighter planes and stuff. yeah. And now here's what's interesting. Uh, Barry Rothman tore a code, May the 4th, 2021. He said, Tic Tac UFOs might be ours. Are they friendly? <laughs> it says they remain unidentified, but the Tor code identified them. Listen to this: There's nine in this this code. Number one, Tic Tac UFO. Number two, War. Number three, Rack. Number four, the radar. Number five, enemies. Number six, your enemy. And and it, I won't go into all of them, but. Oddly enough, and, and I apparently got a really good image of one coming in. You, you can even see the kind of a force field around it, or something mm-hmm. around the outside of the of it itself. And uh, I thought when I was doing that, though, something else popped out. I was looking at some of these uh, codes, and so on May the fourteenth, also 2021. Barry Rothman ran, Dark Side Hackers from Russia Hit Our Oil Pipeline. What was the first word I said in that title, Stuart? Yep, Dark Side, yep, yep. That is a code word for Antarctica Group. Yeah, yeah. They've been down there for a long, long time. Yep, and and isn't it interesting, uh, you know, Dark, it says Rothman on this code, and, and it says Dark Side or Arabic, oil, Russia, ransom, ransom to hack. So they're hackers. And Dark Side ransomware, according to Rothman, uh, reported from Russian hacks on our main East Coast uh, oil pipeline, says while Dark Side claims it's not political, there are code hints of Arabic or Chinese involvement. So. If if we begin to think about the terminology that's being used in Michael Sala's book, identifying those the links with the uh, the so-called uh, German Nordic group mm-hmm. working out mm-hmm. of Antarctica, uh, dark side is an identifier. So it's like the old term. You remember the term monikers? Oh yes, yep you know, somebody's moniker, that's that's their identifier, well, I think we might be onto something. I probably shouldn't even say that on this radio show, but anyway, um, oddly enough, to go along with that is that uh, Barry Rothman also ran a code, remember, June the 4th, 2021, he he, uh, updated it about uh, two generals encoded with a signal from the future. And if you'll remember, this has gone back some time for a few years Barry Rothman believes he's been getting some contacts from the future. Now, mm-hmm. oddly enough, uh, you know, in this code, Signal from the Future, and it talks about the rack, again, it dovetails, stirred, Everything seemed to dovetail into the fourth rack. And isn't it interesting that apparently, according to Michael Sala, they'll... Um, is is uh, information that uh the Fourth rock is not only located in a, a, you know Antarctica, it's basically located with every government on the planet and even Mars, the Moon, and Ceres. I yeah. mean, it it's it's a big deal. Uh it's been going on for a long, long time. Doctor Peter Bader uh, also mentioned Russia what he called Russian cosmospheres. When uh, they got into Tesla's stuff, and they got into the Roswell and the crashes of so-called UFOs, which I believe were satanic setup. Uh, But anyway, irrespective, all the backwards engineering, and then you get yourself into Alternative 3, and everybody poo-pooed Alternative 3 and said that was just a bunch of garbage. No, it was not. Because alternative three talked about these batch cosignments, and a batch cosignment is when they go get a whole group of people, turn them into slaves. And actually, there have been some movies about this bases on Mars and bases on the Moon, and everybody just thinks it's sci-fi. It isn't. Anyway, Bader talked about these cosmos fears, and they were. Uh, when I was writing the book, Danny Dougal, you may remember one of them passed the kids who had snuck on a uh, on a UFO um, uh, and uh, it was a couple miles long. Well, I got that out of uh, Dr. Peter Bader in fact, Danny Dougal, the Lords of Mars, is really written about I made it fiction, but it 's about all the stuff that's going on right in front of people's noses, but they're too, how do I say, restricted to believe that any of this stuff actually exists. (laughs) You know, they just can't can't see beyond their nose, and if they can't see it, well, they're like a skeptic. If I haven't seen a UFO, then UFOs don't exist. I mean, it's the height of stupidity. It's the height of arrogance, these skeptics. Because to them, it can't exist because I haven't seen it, in which they're actually calling millions of people who have seen all this stuff, all over the world, liars. They're calling all of them liars. And, of course, that, that's great for the deep, global deep state, because that just adds to the fiction of all of it. It's just fiction. It hasn't been fiction for years, folks. Uh, I think on the last program I talked about uh, um, the plant manager of a place I worked, his brother worked at Los Alamos. He said if they knew how far advanced we were, they'd shut it all down. It's that scary. And we are into all that kind of stuff. And you were pointing out in Dr. Salas' book, I think that some of these craft are even bigger than the two-mile long craft right i mean these things are huge yeah a, a number of years ago they had some uh, i suppose in the 70s that were a uh, kilometer long which is almost a mile and then uh, he said that a short time later they begin to construct some that were almost four kilometers which is three point something you know it's three something Three point something miles long. I mean, people can't even imagine this kind of stuff. And and remember, in our previous interviews with Stan Dale a few a year or two ago or three years, uh, you remember how he said that people couldn't just couldn't understand, uh, you know, uh, not having gravity affect anything and how anything heavy could be lifted. He said, you know, if it if it if the system rejects gravity. Uh, these gravity craft, anti-gravity craft, they literally can lift up, weighing all the pounds they want to weigh. I mean, it don't make any difference how heavy they are. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you could go take the Great Pyramid of Giza or Gaza, and you could uh, lift it up with your little finger and, and throw it into the air. It'd be, it weighs less than a ping pong ball. That's what anti-gravity is, which allows them to build these huge monstrosities, I guess. And if you're talking about uh, these uh, bases that are on the moon and Mars, they're much larger than people realize. And uh, Alternative 3 talked about all that. And uh, they poo-pooed him when he uh, wrote Alternative 3. And as I was saying, batch co-assignments, where they would – grab a whole bunch of people, turn them into slaves working on Mars. I mentioned that in uh, Danny Dougal. I I was talking about the uh, people who had been snatched and were working on uh, Tythonia. I used Tythonia because I was familiar with it. But Tythonia is only part of a lot of things that went on in Mars. And uh, I believe some of this stuff predates... Humanity. Uh, In fact, now they say they've found something that predates humanity on earth. And um, the Bible talks about in Genesis where the Lord says, go forth and replenish the earth. Well, you don't use the word replenish unless there was something there before that was basically terminated. And Jeremiah talks about that specific termination. You've got to go in and, and read this stuff. I believe personally that the uh, the earth is far far older than what a lot of uh, Christian fundamentalists believe. Because God said that one day is a thousand years, right? So the seven days of creation is 7,000 years. But he also said right after that uh, that a day is as a thousand years. He also said a thousand years is as a day. Well, if you multiply all that out, <laughs> the earth has been around for a long, long time, which verifies what science really has shown us. I believe that science today has proven the Bible. They will never admit it. Uh, it also proves what the Lord Jesus Christ said about it all. And uh, like the Big Bang, what did, what did the Lord say? I think it's in Isaiah, where he says, I stretched out the heavens as a tent, and I put all the galaxies, stars, sun, moons, all that stuff inside the tent. So we know from that remark, for example, that this universe is finite. It's huge, but it's finite. It has an end, and scientists have now begun to prove that's true, too. And on and on and on it goes. The Bible is the only book you have that actually tells you the the real truth of what's going on. And they talk about, uh, I can't remember whether where it is, but it's in the New Testament, where these people come, they're, they're fallen angels, and uh, they pose as extraterrestrials, but they're not. Uh, who was that guy, Uh, Jacques Vallée, came to the conclusion after years and years and years of research that these beings are actually interdimensional, and they do not come from, it's not that they can't probably fly around. I mean, if you get into old ancient texts where humanity or people that were selected went out with these UFOs, And they described what the moon looked like. And these are ancient, ancient texts. We haven't been alone for a long, long time. Uh, I just wish people would open up their minds and open up their hearts, because the Bible tells you all about all of this stuff, about the arrival, who they are, what they want, what they're going to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's amazing, and Dr. Sala has really done a very good job, because I think he's the one who wrote about uh, that we went in, when we were in Iraq, we went in to get the Stargate, that we were actually looking for an ancient Stargate, which from which the movie Stargate came from. Have you read that yeah, part? And, oh. Yeah, go ahead. And, and, and what, what was interesting in Sala's book, he also said the same thing that you say. Uh he said the one that that even the even the the uh so called aliens and Nordics and everybody else, the fellow they worship everywhere is a guy by the name of Lucifer Yes <laughs> well you know it's always amazing, and uh I think Patty was one who said something about why and and she's absolutely right <laughs> she said these guys come in from a quadrillion miles late years away. And the first thing out of their mouth is they dish Jesus Christ, you know well, how is it that's a, a, a that's a good point because that's exactly what these guys do do. but how is it they know about this figure, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the redeemer? How is it they know about that if they're forty billion light years away from us? This guy must be a really bad dude, this Jesus character, for them to travel that far to warn us. I don't know, where it's funny. Well, isn't it amazing, Stuart, that, that at the same time, they all, uh, they all like to claim that he was a myth, Jesus Christ was a myth, and then some say, well, oh, well, maybe he was just a man, but he was just a man. Isn't it odd that a myth or just a man, if that's all he is or that's all he could be, that they they hate him, and they're fearful of him. Yes, some, too. Uh, they know who he is. And they, I think they know. In fact, I'm positive they know that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And what we're watching here on planet Earth, with all the advanced technologies, UFOs, cosmospheres, whatever you want to call them, uh, going to the moon, going to, the Mar- going to Mars, all that, remember deep-state globalists, what the Lord has to say to you folks. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're on the moon. I don't care if you're below the surface of the moon. I don't care if you're on Mars. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're under the oceans. I don't care if you're in the deep mountains. I'm gonna go there, and I'm gonna kill all of you. (laughs) They really do believe, and I think a lot of this may be subconscious on their part, But they're trying to escape the judgment that they know is coming upon the Earth. Now, they've kind of reduced it down to cataclysmic events and probably know all about the destroyer, et et cetera, et cetera. And they're going to try as best as they can to uh, escape that judgment. They're not going to be allowed to escape it. And they should go into, I think it's Jeremiah, where he says, you know, all you gods out there in in the heavenlies who did not create the heavens or the earth, I'm going to come get you. So, you know, that punishes, uh, I shouldn't say punishes, it throws the um, stories of Zachariah Sitchin, which a lot of people believe uh, to be true and his interpretations is not true, not true at all, because he ignores all the verses of Scripture that totally destroy what he claims to be true. And uh, on and on it goes. But it's so fascinating to uh, see that these people are, you know, Larry, the the one thing that I find in all of this, they never relate it back to the Bible or to fallen ones. Now, uh, Jacques Vallée was the only one that I've read which really questioned uh, exactly who these beings really were. And, uh, you know, all of the UFO reports or close encounter reports all seem to have poltergeist activity associated with them. And uh, if people would read the Old Testament, they'd know exactly what I'm talking about uh... It, it it's just amazing go ahead it it well i was going to mention also uh... this is actually book six of the secret space program series and the reason i got it was it had some really good data in it and one of the things that's interesting is is uh... he goes into the fact that credible witnesses and some of them uh... have been regressed in in uh... time so to speak but there appears to be, and and even Standale, he don't really talk about it. Matter of fact, he never talks about it. But it, <laughs> me and him had a big discussion one time about time travel because he witnessed some of the uh, the early uh, testing and, and operations of time travel, or time experiments. I'll put it that way: experimentation of, of moving in time. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, <laughs> Sala's book indicates and of which Barry Rothman's Torah Code says the same thing, basically, that there is some manipulation of time going on with these Nordics, with the uh, German dark side groups. Uh, And and oddly enough, Sala also says from from reliable sources that the TR-3Bs we've had for a long time, now we're even making bigger ones and faster ones. And I I sent you a plan of them where you could see what, it's right there in your face, basically, and uh, they're also saying that we're not the only ones that have them. And oddly enough, let me point this out: the the TR3B operations appear to be, if true, under the CIA and and the uh, NRO, uh, not the military. It's not the military doing this. It's these secret organizations that's fostered are controlled by the rich men, so to speak, uh, the powers that be. And and according to Sala, even China has their own somewhat similar T R three B type anti gravity vehicles. See we're not we're not even being told all these nations were basically at war with what monstrosity weapons they have. Well, you know there was this guy he was in the air force and he was an expert on uh, cameras and uh, not only cameras but processing of pictures and he got a call because he was such an expert to come to some base somewhere and this is uh, uh Dr. Stephen Greer disclosure project and and uh, i've got the video where he talks about this But anyway, he he goes into this uh, building where they're processing and downloading pictures from the moon and probably from Mars and wherever. And he said when he went there, he said he was surprised because people from all the nations of the world were there, you know, elite people from the nations of the world. They were gathered there as they were downloading these pictures of a base on the Mars. This is years ago. And uh, he, he said when he went in to fix the machinery, the airman that was there uh, showed him these pictures. But the point I'm getting at is uh, I believe, as Alternative 3 says, that all, most of the wars and all this is just scripted. And it has one and only one goal, and that is a worldwide government total oppression and tracking ability. And here we are. Yeah. They've got technology that we don't even know about.
1: One yeah, of, the, one of the
0: things that he really brought out, and you'll remember Richard Shaw and Elie Marzulli yeah. and uh, and Roger Lear and how they were removing implants. He says, uh, Salah's information is, uh, that uh, that basically in the U.S., and I'm not going to name the company. Somebody can get the book and read it if so they want to know uh, but the, the company made billions of these identifiers, these these uh, chip things, uh, mm-hmm. implants, and they vanished. Uh, somebody took them for use, probably involving all these slaves that are being shipped off. And now, now I'm going to make this comment, and I kind of want your opinion here. And I, I'm I'm not trying to confuse anybody, but I'm going to say what it said in the book. It said in the book, and if you remember a guy by the name of James Casbolt, oh, you know, yes. and, and a few others that have probably passed on now, there was a number of individuals that literally said they were taken, they were taken off world and took somewhere to fight in a war they didn't understand, but they were mentally, uh, remember the movie Recall by Schwarzenegger? Yes, total Recall, uh, yes. Yeah, where they literally they, they erased his memory and implanted something there. Well, that's what these guys say happened to him. If you ever really are able to get back, and you're usually 20 years older, and you never remember that 20 years. Well, this guy that's involved in it said that that it's it's a it's some type of a time travel situation that they go in these special craft. And, they're, and they said it's, some of it's thousands of individuals that's being taken to fight in this war. They don't, nobody knows what kind of war it is or who they're fighting, and they never remember when they come back. But, Stuart, I was thinking about this. Remember Rothman saying, I'm getting messages from the future? Well, that just yes. makes you think about the movie Deja Vu, where well, you can yes. literally send back uh, a message. But anyway, when I was thinking of that, if these craft, that they're taking them to fight a war in, is it, I'm wondering, is it possible that they go faster than light and literally can go back into the past or into the future a little bit to fight a war against uh, someone we're not aware of? I mean, it's a big, dark secret, but it is kind of interesting thoughts, isn't it? Well, you know, on YouTube, there were several people. And everybody poo-pooed them and said they're just crazy, they're nuts. You know, they've had implanted memories, none of it's real. And, of course, this is what they do all the time anyway. If you uncovered a giant that was 40 feet tall and it got out into the public, they'd say immediately, well, that was just a fake, it was Photoshopped, when it wasn't. This is how they operate. But anyway, uh, there was a group of people, and the program was – 20 and back and what they were doing was they were sent to Mars and they were fighting insects very intelligent and smart insects now this sounds totally bizarre but please remember folks a number of these UFO alien encounters involve insects and one of the main insects involved is the praying mantis-type alien. And they've got others as well. Uh, The Hopi called them the ant people, actually who saved them during the days of the flood and uh, when the continents were broken up, the days of Peleg. I've got a book, it's called The Truth. It's a fascinating book. And it's all about the Hopi and the ant people. Well, these people claim that they are fighting a war on Mars with these insects. And people say, well, that's just nuts. You know, it sounds like it's totally off the wall. They're deadly serious. And you may remember the movie Starship Troopers. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that was a little more real than people want to believe. You know, they make a lot of this stuff out as science fiction so that the people have been told, but it's classified kind of as, um, you know, it's just a movie. Don't worry about it. But a lot of this stuff has been going on for a long, long time. Linda Moulton Howe in, I, I can't remember, I think she calls her website Earth something earth dot com dot com uh people go to Earthfiles.com, dot com and i would advise you even subscribe you're going to read stuff there you would never ever actually believe and it's most Lee likely Stewart, yeah go ahead yeah i wanted to mention this one real quick because you'll love this one he you you mentioned as you were talking there how that they use they make movies to actually uh, desensitize people to the truth, where they actually won't believe it if they see it. And what's interesting in in Michael Sala's book here, uh, he he says that apparently Gene Roddenberry was one of those individuals that they used to fabricate uh, the real truth and present it to where you wouldn't believe it if you ever run into it again. And one of the things, one of the classics that Gene Roddenberry did on The Twilight Zone was the people that landed in a craft, and they came to serve man, and it was a cookbook. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, that, that's exactly what they do. And Star Trek is probably much more real than we realize. Now, Dr. Stephen Greer claims that we can now go faster than the speed of light. And he's been working for years to do a disclosure on all this. He's, uh, he's a totally new age. He's not Christian at all. That doesn't really matter because the, the stuff he's presenting kind of dovetails into what the Bible just passes over. I mean, the Bible talks about an arrival, but it doesn't really indicate unless you do a lot of studying, well, what is this arrival? Who's involved in it? What's the purpose of it, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of interesting when you see these things. And one of the best... Well, let me- Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to ask you this question, though. I'm I'm going to bounce it off of you. Uh, As I was saying earlier, and and something that I keep thinking about is, Stuart, if it's, you know, we know that when we go out and look at the stars, they're the ancient stars that we're seeing like they're there in the sky right this minute. Some of them don't even exist anymore. And I'm wondering, this is my thought. If we can go faster than the speed of light, and we go fast enough, and we go, and we start going into the ancient stars, would we land now, or would we land back then? Probably, uh, they always say, there's several recent movies out about that, uh, where when they come back, in fact, Sigourney Weaver... Uh, played in a couple of those, where when they got back there, everybody's different. All the times have changed. And I think, uh, you know, when we say something like, well, John F. Kennedy could return. I did a movie about John Kennedy. It was called Lucifer's Song. I don't know if you remember it or not, but
1: in that,
0: I went through all the stuff that Kennedy Uh, and and the ties and the parameters of Antichrist. And uh, Kennedy is the only one that has fulfilled every single parameter except one. He hasn't come back. (laughs) He hasn't returned. So what would happen, folks? Just just a thought. I'm not saying Kennedy is the Antichrist. I'm saying what would happen if John Kennedy landed in a UFO, We'll say it on, at Washington in one of their parks. And he walks out at about the same age he, le- he was killed at. Now, uh, that sounds very fantastical. It probably is. What would the world do? What would the world do if that happened? I think we all know what the world would do. They'd bow their knee immediately. Immediately. Uh, John Kennedy was loved all over the world. That's why the deep state got rid of him. One of the reasons, of course, the other reason was he was he was working on uh, money, and the uh, uh, he he wanted to put everything back under from a federal reserve note. He wanted to bring it all back under United States note. Well, remember what happened to, to the Lord? I'm not comparing Kennedy to the Lord, but remember what happened to uh, Jesus when he went into the temple to overturn the money changers, the money people at that point in time? Well, that, soon after that, he killed him. It was soon after Con- Kennedy started releasing these uh, United States notes rather than Federal Reserve notes, he was eliminated almost immediately. You don't mess with the children of Cain. For whatever reason, the Lord has given power to the children of Cain. They're about to lose it now. They're right on the cusp of being destroyed. But that was all in a program and the plan anyway a long time ago. It's amazing uh, all this stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, if I remember right, Stuart, didn't, didn't Kennedy release the $2 bill, the silver yes. note or something like that? Yes, he did. And they And then they made it them. illegal. Yeah, yeah, then they made it illegal to possess them after that. Remember? Yep. Yes. Yep. It's a, they, the money people are in charge. That's what the Bible says very clearly. It's the rich men of the earth that are the lords of the entire world. It's the pharmaceutical giants, along with the rich men of the earth, of that are working on the jab. They want everybody from little babies on upwards to get the jab. Why? I believe it's part of Psalm 2. It kills the God gene, the DNA and the area of the brain. And we now know that these uh, so-called tests, PCR, whatever they call them, uh, go beyond the the, uh, blood-brain barrier. And they've also said that uh, they seem to gravitate to the penile clan, and I don't have time to get into any of that right now. Uh, Getting off on another subject, don't forget tomorrow, or tomorrow morning, early, is the eclipse, the wedding ring eclipse. And it's very unusual for the moon to turn red. Remember the um, blood-red moon we had on the 26th? And then to have the sun blotted out, inside of a standard lunar cycle which is thirty days. Very unusual that to happen. And the total lunar eclipse will be over a place called Alert, Canada. not that interesting? Alert. I think this is a, a, a sign. A big sign. And what's really strange is it's forty four days from that date to two beyond, which is a four eleven. Tubiab falls on July 23rd at the full moon. This is very, very interesting stuff in view of the fact that uh, (laughs) everything else we've had going along with it. And most people in North America, in the northern part of of, uh, America and Canada, will see a devil's horn eclipse rather than the full ring of fire and the uh, rabbis consider this is actually going to happen on Tammuz first day of the Hebrew month of Tammuz and uh that it says it was in this month 17th of Tammuz when the walls of Jerusalem were breached by Romans and you know what's going on in Israel right now so here we go I just think this is a very high alert for everybody, not only for the possibility that Jesus will remove his church, his true church, but he will also uh, probably, we're getting close to Daniel's 70th week. And uh, anyway, I just find that very interesting. What else did you want to bring up, Larry, news-wise? I see Israel bombs Damascus. Yeah, yeah, they're still fighting over there for who's going to be the prime minister, but we should know Sunday. Uh, That's when they're supposed to actually uh, swear in the new government, so we'll see if that that happens. One thing I did want to bring up real quick is the upcoming false flag, reportedly. It's called Cyber Polygon War Game Exercise Global. What do you think? Well, you know, so many of those exercises go absolutely live. (laughs) Oh, it was just an exercise we didn't realize but then it goes live they they consider the american people i think mostly comatose because it appears they do this over and over again and to get away with it they get away with all these things exercise after exercise after exercise it turns bad well they weren't exercises it was planned that way that's the excuse they use got to understand something folks The governments of the world are run by Satan, as we have spoken before. They, our leaders, are liars. They don't know how to tell the truth because there isn't any truth in them, and uh, they run strictly according to the Bible by Satan himself. They take their orders, and uh, all of this is uh, yeah going to a very bad place quickly, quickly. And I think this uh, uh, eclipse is a warning of just how quickly this is going to go. And here's a headline, Larry, I want you to take. Mystery shaking felt in a boom heard across San Diego County for the third time, third time since February. Mysterious skyquakes rattled San Diego County and Tijuana Authorities said it wasn't an earthquake. Uh, There was a fellow, I can't think of his name right now, but he wrote a book on earthquake booms. And that whole West Coast appears to be getting ready uh, to break apart. Have you got any more news on what's going on over there? It seems like it's really rattling everywhere over there. Yeah, they're having... uh multiple multiple swarms of quakes on the west coast but of course uh we're not hearing about it ever since uh the left basically took over the government and the media uh you're hearing very little about volcanoes or earthquakes or really barely anything on the sun unless you really hunt yeah it's amazing Uh, getting back to ufos again obama talks ufos if they're real I'd hope it would unite society. Now, harken back to the days of Ronald Reagan and the United Nations speech he gave where he said that if we had a threat from outer space, talk, talking about aliens arrival, uh, it would unite mankind. And then he said, this is the interesting part. He's talking about UFOs. New religions would pop up. And who knows what kind of arguments we'd get into. New religions. Well, what is the new world order? It's a new economic system. It's a new political system. It's a new religious system. And I believe it's all hinged on the arrival. What do you think? I thought that was interesting. He's back in the news all the time now. Yeah, it is and about the same time he's back in the news. I did post it today on my blog. There's a brand new show coming out uh, that's produced by Apple TV and SciFi and uh, it's called Invasion. Just the word Invasion. It's uh, they just put the first trailer out. It's filmed in several on several continents. It premieres October the 22nd, 2021. And listen to the the caption here. It says Hold on to your humanity. Now, what a what a thing to say! And by the way, I, in the trailer, uh, when the 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 military rushes up to where the the those have come down, they're giants. Oh my God! What do you think? <laughs> well, now that we have this giant that's uh, going to be shown in twenty-one nations. And he stands, I don't know how tall, but real tall, like a 10-story building or a little higher. And uh, they're going to do this, uh, I believe, it's on 21 nations, which caught my attention. Uh, they're bringing back the concept of the Giants. and As I mentioned earlier, they have dug up... Um, I can't remember. I think it was Steve Quayle's book where he even talks about uh, giants high, that they found. Now I have to put it that way, that they have found are about 35 feet tall. Now, the Book of Enoch claims that some of them were much, much taller than that. And uh, so here we have, what are they, why are they resurrecting giants now? in the public view, unless, as in the days of Noah, and we're going to have a repeat, and the giants are going to return. (laughs) What do you think? I I think nothing would surprise me. I mean, if I looked out the window and I saw a giant in a field down the road and he looked like he was 100 feet tall, I'd hide, obviously, but it wouldn't surprise me. Well, i tell you what, I, I, I read a really interesting book by somebody from NASA a few years ago, and I think you and I talked about it, and I posted it. It's, it's the simple name ICE, I-C-E. <clears throat> that was the title. And basically what it was about was some of, one of the Apollo missions that actually went to the moon, uh, they got out and did an excursion, and what did they find? Oh, my. Now, this is supposed to be a fiction novel, but this is from a guy that works with NASA with all the secrets. And what they found was a huge base <clears throat> base on the moon, and it had airlocks, and it had everything. And when they got inside all the chairs, everything inside was for, built for giants, but there wasn't any there. <clears throat> and they also had a portal, an operational portal in this base on the moon, And what was determined was we had already been to the moon before modern man, and we did it before the flood. It was the Nephilim that went to the moon and set up bases. What do you think? I wouldn't doubt that at all. I mean, you know, these people had powers. It's kind of like the golden mirror, you know, where they were slowly losing the powers that Adam and Eve and and the immediate children had over nature and so they were developing technology to replace their powers I mean we have we don't know anything folks we really don't know anything we know very little about our oceans we know very little about the center of the earth we know very little about uh, the universe how it's constructed we're learning a little bit at a time but basically we don't know anything. We just think we do. And uh I think the Lord looks down upon us and he must just shake his head. How are things? Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll say one thing, Stuart. Uh oddly enough the Golden Mirror was found <clears throat> buried in coal in a coal mine in Russia and it was a it was a uh a frequency-activated device that looked like an iPhone that had messages, sound, photographs, pictures, a whole ball of wax, messages, and it belonged to somebody before the flood, and it was found encased in something that looked like a Faraday box. So, Stuart, with this show today, if we give people nothing else, we've (laughs) told them the picture is a lot bigger than you've been thinking. Oh, in fact, most people probably don't even believe it. They think it's all cartoon, you know, Looney Tunes, uh, comic book stuff. It isn't. As a professional pilot, I have seen weird stuff. I won't go any further than that with it. But uh, I also, when I was retired, I've seen the Heinebu. I know they're real. I've seen the Cosmospheres. In fact, about four or 500 people in Wisconsin saw them at the same time I did. They had come down into the higher altitudes to ride out a huge solar storm that was coming. And uh, rather than ride it out up there, they decided to come down and just uh, sit below the Van Allen belt. Uh, don't forget, folks, they, when you're anti-gravity, you can have shielding that shields everybody from all of these rays and whatnot. Anyway, Friday we'll get into some more of this. Paranormal events are going everywhere now. And uh, thanks a lot, Larry, for coming on. And uh, we hope to see everybody on Friday, the Lord willing. Don't forget the eclipse tomorrow morning early. Anyway, good night, folks. Take care.